Chapter 11 Cassie! Morph! Now! I snapped. The police car was coming in fast. We do not want to have to explain a half-horse, half-person. Which way should I morph? Cassie wailed. Horse or human? She reared up slightly on her hind legs. I knew what was happening. She was fighting the horse's urge to panic. Human, 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 I said. Everybody, stand in front of her. The police car squealed to a stop, sending gravel flying. A single policeman stepped out. I waved at him. Morning, he said. You kids, uh, hiding something? I wanted to look over my shoulder and see what kind of shape Cassie was in, but that would have been a mistake. Hiding something? I repeated. Step aside, all of you, he ordered. We did, revealing Cassie, fully human. The policeman looked puzzled, but then he shrugged. I breathed a huge sigh of relief. Can we help you, officer? Rachel asked in her best responsible voice. We're making some inquiries, he said, still looking at Cassie like something must be wrong with her. We're looking for some kids who were shooting off fireworks in the construction site across from the mall last night. Suddenly, Marco started coughing. Something the matter with him? The policeman asked. Nope, I said. Nothing wrong with him. We want these kids, the policeman said. We want them real bad. See, it was dangerous what they did. Could have been someone hurt. So we want to find these kids. Suddenly, I knew. He was one of them. The policeman was a controller. I looked at his face. It seemed normal, but inside his head was a creature from another planet. An evil, parasitic slug. Just behind those normal, human-looking eyes, something vile lurked. I don't know anything about it, I lied. He looked at me real close, and I began to sweat. Hey, you know what? He said. You look familiar. You look like a young man I know named Tom. He's my brother, I said. I was trying not to let my voice go weird, but I just couldn't forget the fact that it wasn't really some normal human cop I was talking to. It was a yerk. This wasn't even a human anymore. Not really. It was a human controller. The human brain was totally enslaved. Tom's your brother, eh? Well, he's a good kid. I know him from the sharing. I'm one of the adult supervisors. Great group, the sharing. You should come to a meeting. Yeah, um, Tom invited me already, I said. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, I repeated. Well, you call me if you hear anything about these kids in the construction site. I should warn you, they may come up with some wild, crazy story to conceal their guilt. But you're too smart to believe a bunch of crazy lies, aren't you? He's a regular genius, Marco said. Finally, the policeman took off. Okay, rule number one, Rachel announced firmly. We don't do anything to attract attention. We have to be secret about everything, especially morphing. Cassie looked embarrassed. Yeah, it was stupid of me. It's just, man, it's so amazing running like that. Out in the open spaces, just running and running. How did you manage to morph with clothing? I asked. When Tobias and I did it, well, let's just say it's a good thing neither of you girls were around. It took some practice, Cassie said, and it can only be tight clothing. I tried it with a coat on, and it got shredded. I don't know what we'll do in the winter. That's not going to be a problem, Marco said firmly, because there isn't going to be any more morphing. Maybe Marco is right, Rachel said. This is too big for us. We're just kids. We need to find someone important to tell this to, someone we can trust. We can't trust anyone, Tobias said flatly. Anyone could be a controller. We tell the wrong person, and we're all dead.
and the whole world will be doomed. I don't want to stop morphing, Cassie said. Do you realize all we could do with this power? We could communicate with animals, maybe. Help save endangered species. Humans may be the next endangered species, Cassie, Tobias said quietly. What do you say, Jake? Cassie asked. Me? I shrugged. I don't know. Marco's right. We could all get killed. Rachel's right. This is too major for a bunch of kids. I hesitated. I didn't like what I was about to say. But Tobias is right, too. I mean, the whole world is in danger, and we can't trust anyone. So what do we do? Rachel demanded. Hey, it's not up for me to decide, I said hotly. Let's take a vote, Rachel said. I vote we try living long enough to get driver's license, Marco said. I vote we do what the Andalite said. Fight, Tobias said. You've never even been in a fight, Marco sneered. You can't even handle the punks at school. Suddenly now you want to kick butt on the Visser 3 Freakazoid? Tobias said nothing, but a blush spread up his neck. I vote with Tobias, Rachel said, giving Marco a dirty look. I wish we could dump this all on someone else, but we can't. Let's just think it over for a while, Cassie said. It's a big decision. I mean, it's not like we're deciding whether to wear jeans or a skirt. I was relieved. Thank goodness for Cassie. Yeah, let's just wait a while, I agreed. In the meantime, no one say anything to anyone. We'd just go back to normal life. There was a smirk on Marco's face. He thought he'd won. But I wasn't so sure. Tobias was still blushing. He sent a secret, grateful look to Rachel. Marco and I took off toward my house again, trying to act normal. We talked about the baseball season. We talked about who was going to slaughter who in Dead Zone 5, which is the CD game we were going to play on my computer. By the time we'd reached my house, we'd run out of stuff to talk about. We played Dead Zone for a while. Neither of us did very well. Face it, games just weren't all that interesting anymore. My mind was totally not there. Tom came in after a little while. Hey guys, he said. Can I give it a try? It had been months since Tom had done anything with me like play a game. Sure, Marco moved over and gave Tom his control stick. We played for a few minutes, and Tom did pretty well, but then it was like he got bored or something. He gave the control back to Marco and just sat back and watched. You guys hear about all the stuff going on with the construction site last night? He asked me. Marco jerked in surprise. What stuff? I said. It was in the newspaper, Tom said casually. They said some kids were shooting off fireworks. A bunch of morons who live around there decided it was a flying saucer or something. He laughed. <laughs> flying saucers, right. Marco and I both laughed too. <laughs> yeah, and it was just these kids with fireworks, Tom said. Uh-huh, I said. I was trying very hard to concentrate on the game. You were out at the mall last night, weren't you? Tom asked me. Uh-huh. Did you come back through the construction site? I shook my head. No way. Didn't see any kids hanging around there, maybe? Nope. It's not like I'd get them in trouble, Tom said. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. They're just off shooting these fireworks and they get all these people terrified of flying saucers. Uh-huh. Flying saucers, he said. He laughed again. Only complete dips would believe that kind of stuff. He leaned in close. You don't believe that, do you? Aliens and spaceships and little green men from Mars? I wanted to say no. None of them had been little or green. But I just said, no way. Tom nodded and stood up. Cool. You know, Jake, I feel like we haven't been hanging around much lately. I guess not, I agreed. That's too bad, he said. He snapped his fingers like he just had an idea. You know, you should join the sharing. Marco, too. 
Why should we join? Marco asked. Tom just grinned. I gotta go, he said. He gave me a playful punch on the shoulder. Catch you guys later, and don't forget. Let me know if you hear anything about those kids at the construction site. He left. Marco looked at me. Jake? He's one of them. What? Tom. Tom is one of them. Your brother is a controller. Chapter 12 I swung my fist and caught Marco in the side of the head. He jumped back and I swung again. But Marco was quick. He dodged my second swing and I slipped and went down. Marco snatched the bedspread off my bed, threw it over me to tangle up my arms, and sat on me. Jake, quit acting like a stupid jerk, he said. I was trying to grab him, but he had me pretty good. Take that back, I yelled. Not likely, Marco said. You think it's just a coincidence that he's suddenly all interested in what happened at the construction site? I knew it looked bad. Even while I was struggling to get free and kick Marco's butt, I had this sudden flash about the smell I'd noticed on Tom when I was morphed into a dog. And then there was the laugh I'd heard at the site. But no, no, this was Tom, my big brother. Tom would never, ever have let those slimy creeps into his head. Never. I'll let you up if you calm down, Marco said. Look, maybe I'm wrong, okay? I stopped struggling, and Marco let me up. You have to admit, Jake, it doesn't look good. Tom is not one of them, okay? That's final, I said. Whatever, Marco said. Just don't punch me again, because I might have to hit you back. Just then I heard this fluttering noise at my window, like someone beating on it very softly. I went to the window, followed by Marco. There was a bird there, some kind of huge bird like an eagle or hawk, beating its wings against the window. Let me in, alright? I can't hover here forever. Marco's eyes went wide. He'd heard it too. I opened the window and the bird flew straight in. It landed on my dresser. It was almost two feet long, mostly brown, with gnarled talons and a sharp, hooked beak. It's some kind of eagle or something, Marco said. A red-tailed hawk, actually, Tobias said. Is that you, Tobias? Marco demanded. I thought we weren't going to do any more of this morphing. I never agreed to that. Well, morph back, Tobias, I said. You know what the Andalite said. Never stay in any form for more than two hours. Tobias hesitated. He tilted his hawk's head and peered at me with an incredibly concentrated gaze. At last, he hopped over onto my bed. Let me tell you something. It is beyond weird watching feathers turn into skin. The brown feathers ran together and merged and turned pink. It was like the feathers were melting, like they had turned into wax and were being heated up. The beak disappeared quickly and lips grew from it. The talons split into five and became toes. Halfway through the process of changing, Tobias was a lump, half pink, half brown, with feather-like patterns still visible on his back and chest. His face was small and mostly human, except that he still had those sharp, alert hawk's eyes. Two tiny, shriveled arms protruded from the front of his chest, with fingers like a baby's. All in all, it was a pretty disgusting sight. But the human DNA asserted itself over the hawks, and he became more normal. About three minutes after he started the change, there was a completely normal Tobias sitting naked at the end of my bed. I haven't figured out how to morph clothes yet, like Cassie, he said sheepishly. Can I borrow some? I loaned him a pair of pants and a shirt, but my shoes were all the wrong size. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, Tobias said. His whole face was glowing. I was riding the thermals. What's a thermal? I asked. That's when there's warm air rising from the ground. It forms this cushion under your wings. 
You can just float up there, like a mile up. You just surf the thermos. You guys gotta do it. It's the best thing ever. Tobias, how on earth did you do a hawk morph? I demanded. There's an injured hawk right there in Cassie's barn, he said. There's this cool osprey too, but I decided on the hawk. How did you fly if the hawk you morphed was injured? I wondered. Marco shook his head pityingly. Jake, do you pay any attention in biology class? DNA has nothing to do with some injury. The DNA wasn't broken, just a wing. I ignored Marco. You're lucky Cassie's dad didn't catch you, I said to Tobias. He's so depressed, Tobias commented. Who's depressed? Cassie's dad? No, the hawk, I mean. I think he knows they aren't trying to hurt him or anything, but he can't stand being cooped up there while his wing heals. Tobias's eyes darkened. It's terrible when birds have to be locked up in cages. They should be free. Yeah, free the birds, Marco commented sarcastically. I'll get the bumper sticker printed right up. You wouldn't have that attitude if you'd been up there with me, Tobias said angrily. It was cool being a cat and all, but a hawk! It's just total, absolute freedom. I'd never seen Tobias so happy. I mean, Tobias has a pretty lousy home life. Thinking about it, I suddenly had this feeling. I repeated the warning. No more than two hours in any morph, right? You keep track of the time, right? Tobias smiled. Yeah, I don't have a watch or anything, but with hawk eyes, you can actually see the hands of someone's watch when they're half a mile below you. It's like being Superman. You can fly, plus you have supervision. Now he's Superman, Marco muttered. I was looking around. I guess I thought I might be able to see something from the air, Tobias said. I was looking for something that might be a yerk pool. The phrase sounded vaguely familiar. I remember Visser 3 saying something about yerk pools. What's a yerk pool? I asked Tobias. It's where the yerks live in their natural state. Every three days a yerk has to leave his host body and go into the yerk pool to soak up nutrients, especially Candrona rays. Marco and I exchanged a suspicious look. Neither of us knew any of this. At the end, Tobias explained, when the Andalite told us all to run for it, I stayed behind for a few seconds. I guess, maybe, I was too scared to even run. I shook my head. I knew better. Tobias just hadn't wanted to leave the Andalite alone. I think maybe the Andalite meant even more to Tobias than to the rest of us. Anyway, he gave me visions, I guess you'd call them. Pictures. Information. A lot of it, all at once. All jumbled. I haven't even started to sort it all out. But I do know about the yurt pools and the Candrona. Marco held up a hand, silencing Tobias. Let me check the door, he said. He went to my door and peeked out into the hallway. All clear, he announced. Tobias gave Marco a questioning look. Tom, Marco said. He's one of them. Don't make me hurt you, I warned him angrily. Tom is not a controller. Either way, we should be careful, Tobias said. He lowered his voice. The Candrona is this device that produces Candrona particles. See, it's like this little portable version of the Yurk's own home sun. The Yurks need Candrona particles to live, like a human needs vitamins or whatever. The Candrona particles are beamed from wherever the Candrona is and concentrated in the Yurk pool. Once every three days, every Yurk has to leave his host and go into the pool. They soak up the particles, then re-enter the host body. What does that have to do with you flying around playing Superman? I asked. Well, it seems dumb now, but I was thinking maybe I could see the Yurk pool. He made a rueful smile. Saw lots of swimming pools and some ponds. You get up there and you realize there are ponds and lakes and streams everywhere, but I didn't see anything special. And if you found the Yurk pool, then what? Marco demanded. Then we'd blow it up, Tobias said. Wrong, Marco said. We decided not to get into this. 
No, we decided not to decide yet, I said. Well, I've decided, Tobias said. Suddenly, the wimp is a hero, Marco sneered. This time, Tobias didn't blush. Maybe I just found something worth fighting for, Marco. You don't even fight for yourself, Marco said. That was before, Tobias said softly. Before the Andalite. Before he died trying to save us. I can't let that go. I can't let him die for nothing. So whatever you guys decide, I'm going to fight. Hi friends, it's your host, Daniel. This week's episode was brought to you by the refreshing tastes of Mountain Dew. We all die in the end. Why not make it a do? <sighs> and from the support of viewers like you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out more at soundcloud.com slash audiomorphscast. If you have questions or comments, or just want to tell a funny story, or anything, really, you can send all of that to audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next time.